back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And today I have looked up, uh, I don't know if it's an alien encounter, if it's a cryptid encounter, how you want to say it, but we'll, we'll call it an entity encounter. Um, had someone reach out a while ago asking for some more uh, UK across the pond stories. So I came across this interesting one and we're going to dive into it and see how that goes. I'm curious to get Kyle's thoughts on this this wild ride and i feel like it's it's a little bit lighter than some of the things we've been covering so i'm game should be a good deal but before we do that we got to get through all the business so check us out at all our social medias facebook instagram youtube twitter and tiktok come and hang out with us so we're going to start doing some more lives and stuff on there so it should be a good time get everybody involved um we have the Kansas City Paranormal Convention. Will this episode be out? Yes, it should be right before. Right I have before, no right? idea. I'm not good with them. If anybody's in the uh, Independence, Missouri area, March 18th through the 20th, come to the Hilton. Let's hang out. And hang out with us. Kansas City Spirit and Paranormal Convention. Should be an awesome time. We uh we talk Saturday afternoon at four o'clock. We got an hour. They're gonna give us the floor, and we are gonna wing that some bitch. Bunch of crazies. Should be great. Giving yeah. us time to talk. <laughs> we'll get it figured out. Everything will be fine. It, yeah, we'll figure out what we should have done after we did it. It's our first time talking, so it should be neat. Yeah, a little rough around the edges, <laughs> maybe, but hey, it'd be neat. If you have a paranormal experience you'd like to share with us, Kyle's going to tell you how to do it. You can write your story out. You can use your voice memo app and record it. You can send pictures, whatever you want, to the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. You can also call or text the hollow phone, which is going to be 1618-556-0837. Leave a voicemail, text it, send pictures to it, whatever you want to do. Get us your cool stories, your thoughts. Hell, sometimes you could just talk. I don't really care. I usually message people back when I can. Holophone stays a little less active than socials, but I usually leave that at home. I don't want to take that to work with me and break that phone or something dumb like that. But yeah, just get a hold of us any way you can. And we'll get your story out there. Hell, maybe maybe set up an interview as well. Who knows? The sky's the limit. The sky is the limit. Endless. Uh, no limit sold. No boundaries. Um, if you'd like to support the show, which I know you would, we have all different kinds of cool ways you could do that. Uh, we have a merch store where you can go check out our t-shirts and get one of those and wear them around where you'll be the coolest kid in school. We need to add the new images to that too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Get some more shirts in there. Yeah, we have a Patreon. You can go check that out. We got a bunch of extra episodes on there, and there's some goodies you get for whatever tier you sign up for. And check that out. We got our Patreon shirts ordered. They should be here by the time this episode drops. So then we can get them all going your way. Those who are waiting for a shirt, we got a Venmo. If you want to pop us some monster money, that's cool. We appreciate you all for sure. Uh, Best way you can support us is word of mouth, share the episodes, post it on your socials, uh, tell all your friends, get as many people listening to us as possible. That's the end goal. We just want to build an awesome community, and that's the best way to do it. You can also support us by uh, leaving us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts, and we will gladly shout you out in a future show. This one actually comes from... Our little website, we've got a little submission form there you can fill out, and um, I haven't read one from here in a while, so I'm going to go ahead and do that. This is five stars from Lasagna. (laughs) All right. Lasagna says, serious top-notch podcast. I don't miss a beat and enjoy every one. A good mix of listener experience and host commentary on each subject. The truth is out there. Just don't get butt stuffed while trying to find it. Rock on. Butt stuffed. Butt stuffed. Well, we don't kink shame here at the Hall of Sky podcast. That's true. So, That's true. however, you need to find the truth. That is your journey. Find your truth. Yes. As we find ours. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Thanks, Lasagna, for leaving us those kind oh, words. I love it. I love it. This is our life, Kyle. I know it's great. This it's is great. Our... I just wish that this was actually our life. It will be one of these days. Someday, maybe in like thirty-five years. <laughs> oh, you guys are. It's awesome. You guys are phenomenal. It's awesome. I just i I cannot talk enough about the community that's being built around this show. It is spectacular. Oh, it's awesome, dude. The personalities and the people we're we're getting to know and meet is just it's on a different level. <laughs> That's lightly put. Yeah. So keep keep those good words coming, butt stuffed or not. Just keep sending them our way. <laughs> we'll gladly shout them out. Uh, uh, on to our listener experience of the day. This one comes from our friend Monica. I'm not sure what it's about but we are about to jump into it so this is uh monica's experience hey guys my name is monica i'm calling from new york um this story happened back when i was living in mexico city i was about 11 years old um my mom was a single mom back then and she was looking for an apartment that was affordable for her being single and all so Around the same time, I had a friend that I used to visit from school. After school, I used to go visit her and play. And so the layout of her house is important to the story. Um, so she lived in the second floor. And in the first floor, that's where her grandmother lived. And so she had a, like a tiny apartment and she had like a like a store. It wasn't quite like a store, but it was like like a small room that she made into a store where she had like sodas and chips and and, you know, the treats for the kids that she would sell. So one day I went to visit my friend and she opened a little store. Sometimes she would open it, sometimes she didn't. And that day it happened to be open. So I went in and bought something. And uh, right off the bat, she was like, if you're not going to buy anything, get the hell out of my store. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to buy something. So when I saw my friend, I was like, whoa, your grandmother is like, you know, she's angry. What, what's going on? She's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. You know, she really doesn't like kids. Well, fast forward to three months later, her grandmother passes away. And so we end up living in her apartment because it turned out that nobody wanted to rent it because uh, this lady had a bad reputation around the neighborhood of being very cranky with the kids. She really was a grumpy old lady. Nobody really liked. And so we ended up leaving there because the, the rent was affordable and it was good for my mom. And that's when everything started to go downhill. From the very first moment we moved, we noticed that uh, where things would happen, you would see shadow people that would peek around the corner and then they would hide from you so you wouldn't see them. Um, and I specifically remember, like, I have a couple of things in my memory that I can't forget, but some of them, I remember one time I I was talking to my mom and I said, oh, what? I, I like this. This coffee mug is really pretty. This is my favorite coffee mug. I love it. And then the next day that my mom tried to use it, she was about to reach for it. And it just exploded into a million pieces. Like it was sugar. It was it was dusted. It wasn't like big pieces. It just like exploded. And so we couldn't explain that one. By then I had already told my mom, hey, you know, the vibe here feels off. I don't like it. It's very weird. I, I don't like I don't like this place. And she was like, No, you know, it's all in your mind. You know, that 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 lady was sweet. Don't worry about it. Don't don't think that she's hunting the place or whatever. I'm like, no, I'm not saying that. It's just the apartment feels weird. Sorry. And so when that happened, that's when they started to pay more attention because when the when the mug exploded, that's when more things started to happen. I remember uh, one time that my uncle came to visit us and I got, I got my uncle in trouble in, res in retrospect. I feel bad because, you know, it, it was a, a, a misunderstanding, but I went to take a shower 
and my uncle was there. My mom had gone to work. It was just me and my uncle in the house. I was 11 years old. So I went to shower, and the door of the shower was half wood, like it was half wood, and the rest of, like, from the waist up, it was um, it was glass, but that glass that you can't see through is almost like it looks frozen, like frosted glass. So you couldn't see any, like, any details, but if someone went to try to see you, you can see the silhouette of the person behind the door. So that's what I used to see every time. And so when my uncle was there, I remember I went to shower, I closed the door, and I saw this silhouette behind the door. And I remember, like, it docked down. It was going down, 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 down to try to peek through the hole, through the keyhole, to try to see me. And so that happened a couple of times, and it creeped me out until I couldn't deal with it anymore. And I talked to my mom. And I said, look, this is happening. My mom kicked him out, said, I, I, how could you? How could you do this? Whatever. So another uncle came to visit me, a different uncle, because my mom was worried that I was there by myself. I didn't like the house. I was scared to be alone. So she wanted to have someone to keep me company. So another uncle came to visit, and the same thing happened. And so I told my mom, and he kicked him out. And so finally I was there by myself because my mom couldn't find anyone to take care of me while she went to work. And so my grandmother came to visit me every now and then. It wasn't always, but she will come a little bit in the day. She would cook something for me and then she will leave. And so uh, sometimes I would go out and play and my grandmother would peek out of the window, you know, at, at to the curtain. She would pull the curtain up a little bit to see if I was outside just to check on me, you know? And so my friends, my new friends that I was making in that street, they were like, oh, somebody's speaking. I was like, no, it's my, it's my grandmother checking up on me and whatever. So there were times when my grandmother wasn't there and the kids would say, hey, you know, I see someone picking up and is it, is it your grandmother? Your mom isn't looking out for you, whatever. And I was like, Oh, my grandmother is in there. And so there were really weird situations there. Uh, I think the worst situation that I experienced is that when my mom left for work, she would always tell me, if you if you see that it's kind of late and I haven't, come, I haven't come to the house yet, just make sure that you turn off all the lights. Don't leave anything on. Just make sure you turn off the TV, turn everything off, and just go to sleep. I'll come soon. And so that day I fell asleep with the lights on and the TV on. Boy, that was a big mistake. Because I started hearing La Llorona. I heard like a lady crying on the street. Like it was, she was slowly walking towards the door. Like she was walking from up the street, down the street to the middle of the street when my, where my, my house was. And then she continued walking. But when she got to the house, when she was crying right in front of the house, I started hearing all the things that this lady used to have. This is my friend's grandmother. Everything that she had in her store, like uh, soda bottles and and um, chips and everything. Everything started to move in there. Like 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 everything was. Somebody was throwing things around, and then. My friends, uh, all the plates and the mugs and the and the cups, everything just came crashing down. Boom! And I was like, "Oh my God, my friend is gonna be in trouble," because I remember that my my friend my friend's mom was very strict. She was very hard on her, and I was like, "Oh my God, she broke all the glasses and all the plates. She's gonna be in so much trouble." And then in the meantime, there was like rackets going on inside of the lady's store that we didn't have access to. I couldn't see. And then this lady was crying right in front of the door. And I was like, I was crying. I was like, I was so scared. I was alone in the house. Everything just started to like manifested at the same time. And it was horrible. And I cried and cried and cried. So I cried myself to sleep. And when I was, I, when I fell asleep, I started dreaming about duendes, about little, like, um, I don't know how you call them, like leprechauns, I guess like gnomes they look like gnomes like little people with the hats and everything and they they open an access from from the little store that the lady used to have 
they were they were drinking the soda bottles, they were opening the chips, and they were making a mess in there. And so they made a they made a little they made a little um sorry goodbye. They made a little access for me to share the chips with them. And I was I was so scared. I remember I was the thing, but for some reason I could see what was ha- what was going on. And so my hand was laying outside of the bed and they were putting the chips in my hand to try to make me eat them. But I was asleep. I couldn't I couldn't do anything. So the next thing I know my mom is shaking me away and I was I was so scared. I was so scared and I said, Mom, I can't stay here anymore. We can't we we gotta move, we gotta move, we gotta move. And keep in mind I was eleven years old. Like my mom my mom worked long hours. Like I said, she was she was a single mom. She struggled to put food on the table. So she was out, you know, from what? From 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. She was out all day. And so I was in the house pretty much after school. I was there all the time. So I started making friends and play with the friends as much as long as they could, as long as they could be outside with me because I was so scared to go back into the apartment. I could Guys, this was horrible, horrible. It's something that I I don't wish on my worst enemy. It's it was horrible. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening. Um, I'm sorry I rumbled too much, and I hope you can use this. Thank you, Monica. First off, thanks so much for taking the time to record your experiences and send them into us. That is that is a wild apartment. For sure. Uh, at first, I was thinking, man, that would be so dope to have like a little grandma live below me and just sell me snacks all the time. But when you said that she wasn't the friendliest, I was kind of like, well, nah, that doesn't sound nearly as cool. Yeah, she probably had pentagrams drawn underneath all the little bags of chips and stuff for everybody <laughs> to pick up. Magically delicious. Um, I'm curious as to if... You think all of these, all of this activity is tied to the apartment itself or if it's tied to the little old grandma or like how, how that uh, works itself out exactly. Because that is like, there's so much different stuff going on. Yeah. It It makes me wonder if it's like the apartment and the building and the geographical location itself. Maybe, maybe all these things that you experienced weighed so much on her that it sort of put her in that bad mind state where she's just like aggravated all the time. And if I had gremlins or the fae or whatever eating all the chips I was trying to sell, I'd probably be in a bad mood too. Yeah, that that like it was just a roller coaster because at first it starts out as like. Is it a poltergeist? Is it just a ghost? Is it the residual, even though it's being a creeper and trying to spy on you? Yeah, and that part, like, it's almost like it, like, the place is a portal. Yeah. For lack of a better term, like, yeah. the veil is super thin there, and you're dealing with all these different aspects of the paranormal. Could have been from pentagram chip grandma. She could have been summoning stuff with, like, candy bars and shit. I mean, you could draw. If I was a demon and someone tried to summon, open a portal via candy bar, I would be all in. Especially if it's Butterfingers. It's true. Very true. But, the, but my ultimate fascination is the last bit there. The the gremlin thing, like yeah, the that's uh, what whole, you call it, the Duende. Yeah, that's a whole nother level. It's awesome. It is awesome. I looked at Kyle and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's awesome. Not so much for you. It really does remind you of the gremlin. 100%. When you said it, I put it all together. Like the fact that it made itself a little, like a little cubby to where it wanted you to f- to f- feed it. And then it's in turn, all they're also trying to feed you. Like, but that that's like face shit one on one. Like, oh, yeah. They're trying yeah. to give you shit. Please, exactly. To get exactly. you. Acknowledge, acknowledge our existence yeah. here, you know. Let's make some trades and right. I can trade you this chip for your soul. Right. <laughs> awesome. It is. That was awesome. But I just picture little lawn gnomes eating all the snacks and drinking all the soda. And it's not to make light of, of your experiences because I know that it, it was terrifying. Oh, I, it was hope, I hope that... You're you're beyond that now in life that you're you're past this point. 
but I couldn't imagine being, uh, say, 10 years old and seeing a bunch of lawn gnomes de- destroying the little downstairs convenience shop. I don't yeah. know what I would do. And then if they started, like, it makes me singling think- me out, like, trying to lure me in, that's terrifying. Have you seen those YouTube videos of people that have captured like videos of gnomes yeah exactly what she's describing i haven't seen the ones with the little hats oh there's some out there i need to see them it is terrifying that's that's another thing we we could do on youtube is make reaction videos to some of these paranormal videos yeah that's what we should do because because i i want to see some lawn gnomes know what i would do with the little hats and everything i would probably be in shock yeah, yeah. I mean, but I'm like, if I saw, I'm sort of down to share snacks too. So, um, it, but I'm, I'm saying, if, if I, we were out there hanging out in a yard, and a lawn gnome runs past us, we're both gonna. I don't think we would know what to do. We no. both sit there and look and go, "What the fuck?" I'd be like, "Did you, did you see that?" I would just say, "Let's just go back inside." Just go back to bed. Plastic guy. <laughs> go back to bed. No, I, I I mean as a lawn gnome, I wouldn't find it that threatening until he pulled out some sweet pickaxe or something or jalapeno Cheetos. I mean <laughs> those are hard to say no to. Those are fire. <laughs> but yeah, we're like I know who we're joking around, but it's not to make light of your situation. Not at we're all. Just trying to Trying to conceptualize seeing what you saw, and it is just so far beyond the, the realm of anything that happened that has happened to me. Is just, I'm curious to know if anybody else in in the building had any experiences. I don't know if it, maybe somebody talked to you about them, or or maybe your mom had had some experiences. And shout out to your mom for grinding and grinding and grinding. For sure. Making making everything work, but I yeah I'm curious as to if anybody else had any experiences because you had so many paranormal encounters there. It's just like it almost makes me feel like that specific location is just a magnet for the weird. Yeah, and lawn gnomes. I want to see a lawn gnome. I want like I'm trying like I like mad respect. To Tony trying to find the dog man. I want to go fucking find lawn gnomes. Fuck the dog man. This is the second call in we've had about gnomes. gnomes. Yeah. And, you know, the one making the stick houses in New York. Yeah. Was that in New York too? I don't remember. That would be what if, weird. What if the subways systems in New York are just full <laughs> of lawn gnomes? I hope so. I hope so documentary time we're going gnome hunting let's go yeah what? like i i would i'm i mean this at the bottom of my heart i would much rather find lawn gnomes than bigfoot or dogman 100% ever since that real ex- lawn gnomes. that expedition unknown or whatever it is with josh gates and that thing yeah. knocked it's knocked the damn camera over and then giggled as it ran away yeah like that 100% what and i'm talking i'm talking i'm not talking about like some of these videos of the Fay and stuff. Like I'm talking lawn gnomes, like she said, with the pointy the hat. There, the whole I'll show you a YouTube video when we're done recording. The way this thing moves is so uncomfortable to me with his little pointed hat on. And like it's like his knees don't bend. He's just going to have you have no <laughs> idea. I hope he laughs like that. <laughs> you have no idea how excited I am. You yeah, have no idea. And this thing's chasing no idea. Life, not bending its legs. It's that's fine. That's fine. I'm not. I'm not scared until until he has like these pointy little razor teeth and yeah, like that. It's full of jalapeno Cheeto dust. I mean, once again, not so bad. That is. <laughs> I just like I now. I, I just want to like I stop just, the episode and just and go find him. I I just want to go find him now. I just like. Monica, if you're listening to this, I know you submitted your story a while ago, but I almost just want you to call in and just let's like let's dive into this this gnome issue. Yeah, I'm I'm down hundred percent. I wanna I I am gonna start doing research on the Duende or however you say it. Duende, yes. I'm 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 going all in because 
I'm yeah, I'm hook line and sinker right now. Before, like it makes me like want to just know. It makes me want to find the gnomes, dude. What that's our callings. What are the gnomes? I don't. Oh I don't God. care. I want to find them. This is so. Any, any, everybody, anybody that has lawn gnome stories, send them in by the masses. I love how we just completely, we just completely write off and ignore the the humanoid entity trying to watch her take a shower. Yeah, that I said. That, that's a pervert. That's a creeper. But the lawn gnomes. And they were. <sighs> I don't even know. I there's like so much information that I want to know. Like, what kind of snacks did they prefer? Like, what? <laughs> what color were their clothes? Were they green with the red hats, or would they have a blue shirt on, or do they have um, suspenders? Did, did they did, carrying shovels? Where did they come from? Did they just manifest out of nowhere? Was did there they, a like, hole somewhere? Did they come from an alternate, like an alternate dimension? They just popped their yeah. The I don't know. Question. It's no wonder the old grandma was so mad. She just kept having these gnomes. Oh, dude, she probably thought it was all the kids eating the snacks. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's why she didn't like little kids. There were no pentagrams. It was these damn lawn gnomes eating all her food, but she blamed it on all the little neighborhood kids. Pentagramma. Damn it. Damn it. I. Uh, I do. Like I said, like we're we're laughing about it, but that I'm genuine. I'm uh, I'm that is I'm genuinely curious. I, I love it. I'm genuinely cur- curious and blown away. More. I'm I'm in the exact same boat. Is where I'm at right now. I just hundred percent more. Like I want to scrap my whole episode that I did, and I want to dive into this gnome situation. But, I am. I am so happy. I don't. This is, I'm ecstatic. This is the second one we've got in the last probably six months. Yeah, like, for sure. Well, since we started the holophone, so not that long ago. Yeah, there's an issue we have here. Yeah, uh, America and the world is being plagued by lawn gnomes, and we are the only ones on the planet capable of finding them. It's a calling. Our mission is our mission is set forth if we choose to accept it. I'm in. One hundred. Just tell us where they're at and we're going. Yeah, but for real, Monica, if you're listening to this and you'd like to call in and have a conversation with us about the gnome aspect, about any of it, yeah, all we'll of do it. all of it. Uh, just text the holophone. Yeah, or we'll or send the email, whichever one you prefer. Because, but if you do, if you do text the holophone, if you do text the holophone, let me know who you are, because obviously it just shows up as a phone number, and I have no idea. Well, I mean, should probably start talking about gnomes, and then. But I did just pull out a call to arms for everybody with with gnome gnome knowledge. So, what was the first gnome story? Where they were building little huts in the woods? Yeah, and he took something out of there and started getting fucked with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. I love it. 100%. Anyway, now now my whole episode isn't even going to live up to what I got going on here. <laughs> Thanks, Monica. It is. I mean, it, it does go. It It is just as weird. So we're just, you know what? We're going to run awesome. with it. Again, yes. Thanks, Monica, for submitting your story and taking the time to uh, record that and send it to us. We're definitely down to have a conversation if you'd like to. For sure. Balls in your court. So... Now, we're going to get into my little uh, thing I researched here. Uh, I got a lot of my information from the CuriousArchive.com and ObscureLegendFandom.com. And it is about an entity called Sam the Sandown Clown. So, I feel like there's a lot of jokes right there. Yeah, it gets a lot of jokes. better. So, before I start, most of the information, if not all the information, came 
from the British UFO Research Association. And I chose this story because we had somebody reach out and they're like, can you do some more stories on uh, Britain and England and such, like looking into things going on over here? And I found this one and I'm like, we're going to talk about this one, right? So uh, in their 1978 issue, they or the British UFO Research Association or Bufora, as they're so delightfully known. So They're founded in 1964 to investigate UFO reports around the British Isles. The website states that they're a non-cultist, scientifically evaluate, evaluative organization. Um, and in the January-February 1978 issue, they had a title of Ghost or Spaceman. And they decided to talk about this encounter with this entity known as Sam the Sandown Clown. Uh, it's pretty much the main the main source of information for this entire experience. So from everything the, from the British yeah, UFO research, everything is pretty much coming from here. So I'm just putting that out there in full transparency. So the story starts out in the town of Sandown, which is a seaside town on the southern end of the Isle of Wight. It's pretty much like any other British seaside town. It's busy in the summer. It's quiet in the winter. They have tourists that come and go and like to walk on the beaches and look at all the beautiful views and stuff. Not exactly the place you'd think to run into a robot alien clown. Oh, so now it's a robot. Yeah, they're they're interesting. A lot of different a lot of different things going on here. I mean, um, I'm already intrigued because it's it sounds asinine. Yes. And especially in the fact that you're gonna throw the clown spin. I like it because like we talked about the robot aliens. Yeah, and then we have robot grandma. And robot grandma, and now which even I don't remember when the robot aliens took place i don't either day wise i'll never remember yeah so the witnesses of the event were two children a girl referred to as faye who was seven years old and a boy of a similar age who hey hollow cult the weather's getting nice and you know what that means it's cryptid hunting season and the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear that's why we're excited to announce our partnership with tacovis boots when you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, Regular leather boots, they they have it all, and it's re, it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair. Of legitimate snakeskin hollow sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I couldn't actually find a specific name, so we're just going to call him Peter. They were vacationing with their families near Lake Common in Sandown. Uh, a Tuesday afternoon around 4 o'clock, it was in May of 1973, when Faye and Peter heard a weird wailing sound similar to an ambulance siren. Curiosity got the better of them, and they followed the noise across this golf course that they were staying at and toward a swampy area outside of the Sandown Airport until the noise suddenly stopped. The children walked onward in an attempt to find the source of the strange sound, 
when they would eventually come across a wooden footbridge where they had their first encounter with Sam. This is a direct quote from the Before Journal taken from the children. Uh, before we go any further, remind me again, how old are these kids? Uh, about seven, seven years that's old. That's what I thought you said. Okay. The, so that, that's pretty young. Yeah, the age of the boy was not confirmed, but they said it's a, in the yeah. same age. Right. right. They stated that a blue-gloved hand appeared from under the bridge, and a strange figure emerged. Nope. The figure fumbled with a book, dropped it in the water, then splashed about to retrieve it. The two then watched the figure enter a metallic hut, similar to those used on building sites except that it had no windows. It moved along with a strange hopping motion with its knees raised high. So... I'm trying to process that. I'm I'm thinking he's like jumping, but every time he jumps, he pulls his feet all the way up. That's almost like like a video game character. Kind of. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. Yeah, totally. So this thing comes from under a bridge. It's got blue gloves on. I mean, that has uh it written all over it. It's carrying some sort of book, but it also has its own house with it. Which almost makes me feel like it might be a UFO, maybe. That's ex when you gave that description. That's exactly where my brain went of, of a kid trying to describe it, but yeah. not knowing what it is. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I noted here at this point, I probably would have ran the fuck away, but I would have hoped I would have done this, that. Fame Peter did not. They stuck around the area and wandered about fifty yards away from the bridge when the figure appeared once again. This time he was carrying, and I quote. He this time he was, and I quote, carrying a black knob microphone with a white flex attached. So I'm assuming like uh, a tube, electric cord, maybe, or a tube right. to whatever the hell this thing is he's carrying. Immediately when they saw him, the wailing sound started up again. Peter, being the reasonable one, started to run the hell away. But Sam. The robot clown alien, I am assuming, f realized that he was scaring the kids, so the wailing sounds stop, and Sam started to speak into this microphone that he was carrying. Faye, who at this point followed Harry a decent distance away, claimed that they could hear the figure talking as if he was standing directly beside them, which also goes into other classic UFO abductions where they're yeah, speaking yeah. telepathically. Yeah, 100%, for sure. They heard a voice ask as if directly in their ears, as that's stated, hello, are you still there? They kept running away and would have, or to continue running away would have been the correct spot response, but Faye and Peter decided the voice sounded friendly and they approached him so they could talk Done. properly, where he didn't have to telepathically talking to their ear the closer they got to the figure the more confusing his appearance became and this is a quote again from uh, the same journal from 1973 he was nearly seven feet tall and had no neck for his head appeared to be wedged straight into his shoulders he wore a yellow pointed hat which interlocked with the red collar of a green tunic a round black knob was asphyxiated to the top of his hat and a wooden antenna were attached at either side. The face had a triangular marking for eyes, a brown square for a nose, and motionless yellow lips. The other markings were on his paper white cheeks, a fringe or were round. The other round markings were on his paper white cheeks, and a fringe of red hair fell onto his forehead. Wooden slats protruded from his sleeves and just below his trousers. So weird. I'm already so confused. So it's like, I can see where they're getting the clown. Yeah, but it, it's almost like some half-ass builder savant made a robot. Yeah. Because yes. they're using wood and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I don't know. Like, it, like is it... 
I don't know because we're not there, so I don't. I can't. And it's two seven-year-olds trying to make sense of what they're what seeing. they're seeing. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, whatever this thing is, could be trying to portray itself into something familiar for the kids. A hundred percent. A hundred. You know what I mean? Like if it's something that doesn't know exactly what a clown looks like, it's like I'm gonna try my best. Right. And then like my face white and give myself a pointy head. The other. The other avenue my brain goes is like is this some pedo in a in a makeshift robot costume yeah come into my little metal hut like <laughs> i mean obviously the the, tele, the telepathy kind of de- defeats that argument but nevertheless like it it just makes you wonder because the i've never heard i've never me personally i've never heard of being encounters like where they have wood on them like they're fucking made of wood when i found this because i was just looking up like weird uk encounters this this hit and i'm like we're gonna run with. oh yeah 100 percent. this is money whatever whatever this is it is money it's so weird it it just we're just gonna keep rolling with this so okay right now they the the robot clown is back they're getting a good look at him he has a white he's wearing a yellow pointed hat with a red collar and a green tunic he's got uh no neck triangle eyes brown square for a nose lips that don't move and nice red round blush marks blush marks on his cheek like some kind of weird alien Ronald McDonald. <laughs> I don't know. Faye and Peter's conversation with Sam was strange to say the least. As they approached him with hesitation, Sam pulled out a notebook and wrote in large letters, quote, hello. And he says, hello. And I am all colors, Sam. What the fuck does that even mean? I'm, and I am I am all colors. Hello, and I am all colors, Sam. Faye read the confusing message out loud, and the two children continued to move closer. They then realized that Sam started to initiate a verbal conversation. When he did so, his lips did not move when he spoke, which made his voice difficult to understand. Sam asked the children questions, and they asked questions in return. They asked about his ripped clothes, and Sam replied that they were the only clothes that he owned. Uh, They asked about the unnatural whiteness of his skin, and also if Sam really was a man, which he replied no. They They inquired further if he was a ghost, and Sam replied, well, not really, but I am in an odd sort of way. The children asked, what are you then? And Sam replied, with a vague, Sam replied with a vague, you know, without elaborating any further. Apparently, Sam also stated that he had no name, despite introducing himself as Sam. And then he drew a sketch of what another, like him, looked like, implying that there were other Sams around. Sam confided that humans frightened him and that he was afraid of being attacked. But if he was, he said he wouldn't fight back. So now they're communicating with Sam, and Sam's being real vague and creepy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like the statement is irrelevant when he's like, "I'm afraid of humans." I'm just saying, like, if they attack me, I'm not gonna fight back to. No, and I'm not a ghost, but I'm kind of like kind of a ghost. So, you know, you know, you know, you know. No, I don't know, like. You need you need to uh, no. do a little bit of job at articulating everything. It's so, everything, it every is, aspect of you. It's so fucking weird. It is. It, I just I don't I don't even know. So so Faye and Peter are going to continue this theme with horrible choices to make when encountering a stranger, and they accepted Sam's invitation to enter his windowless metal hut. Oh shit! Accessed by crawling through a small flap. When they entered. Sam removed his hat to reveal round white ears and sparse brown hair. The children described the interior of the shack as containing two levels, the ground floor being wallpapered in blue-green and covered with patterns of dials, an electric heater, wooden furniture they described as simple. The first floor had less headroom than the ground floor, also with metallic flooring. Sam hinted 
that he also had a camp on the mainland, but he didn't say where. When discussing his diet, Sam said that he ate berries that he collected during the late afternoon. The location of his scavenging wasn't disclosed. He also stated that after cleaning, the water from the nearby river was safe to drink. Sam then demonstrated how he ate berries, which was strange to say the least. This is a quote from the same journal. Before eating a berry, he performed an odd, quote, conjuring trick. He placed the berry in his ear, thrust his head forward, and caused the berry to disappear and then reappear at one of his odd eyes. Repeating the process, the berry traveled to his mouth. What? <laughs> so he put the berry in his ear. Yeah. Shook his head. And went in his eye. Behind his eye. And then he shook his head again and it fell to his mouth. It's quoted here in this article. This is a possible explanation. Could be that he was wearing some kind of protective mask and somehow analyzing the berry to see if it's poisonous by putting it through this whatever it is. Every time I look at you, the face you're giving me just makes me lose it. Uh, A. A. Shitty ass explanation for that. Okay. Because if I'm wearing a gas mask, I'm not sticking a berry in my fucking ear. And then let's pretend that I do. The first move is to like them little rollerball games where you got to move it back and forth to get the ball in the hole. You're going to move your head around so the berry falls into your eye hole so you can see it. You're like, I mean, yeah, this berry is totally safe to eat. And then you eat it when, in all reality... He's going through all the senses. He's got to hear the berry, see the berry, probably smell the berry before he tastes the berry. Okay, if you want to go that route. The network of the five senses. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Simple. Or, the end. Or, I mean, like, going back to my description there, uh, or instead of going through that entire process, you pick the berry up and put it in front of your in front of your face and go... Oh, no, this is a poison one. I know, by the way, that it looks goodbye. Or you just feed it to the kids, and if they die, then you know it's poisonous. That's true, too. I Dude, this is... The this weirdest... Is equally... Shit you've ever heard? Yeah. Yeah. I... Never have I ever heard anything like this before. It's pretty sick, huh? It is pretty sick. So they sat and they talked with Sam for 30 more minutes. Faye and Peter bid Sam farewell and retreated back across the golf course. They told the first man they saw that they'd seen a ghost, but he didn't believe them. According to Bufora, the children were truly convinced that they had encountered either a ghost or someone dressed up in a particularly odd costume. Either way, they were very much under the impression that their experience was genuine. Or so they claim. On June 2nd, 1973, three weeks after their conversation with Sam... Faye confided in her father, referred to as Mr. Y, about her strange encounter. He commented on the detail of the description of his daughter's experience, which he was able to briefly verify with Peter, and how upset she was when he suggested that she wasn't being entirely truthful. Mr. Y thought an explanation of Sam could be make-believe or a shared hallucination, or even a person dressed up to scare the children. However, he felt a particular detail Faye gave about Sam which was not mentioned before now, but apparently she stated that he only had three fingers and three toes on each hands and foot, which definitely lines up with some alien encounters. Yeah, some for sure. So he took that as it being almost too difficult for somebody to fake if they were, if they were dressing up like just to try to scare the kids. Right. Faking three fingers and three toes on each foot. You're going way the fuck out there from a wooden clown costume. Uh, there was also an important detail that Mr. Y had on his own bizarre experience that made him take his daughter's tale more seriously. Three years earlier, on Tuesday, October 20th, 1970, Mr. Y was driving towards St. Helens on the Isle of Wight on his way from Shanklin to Ride to visit a friend. To his right, Mr. Y suddenly saw a large, multi-lit aircraft flying low over the marshlands along the River Yar. He pulled over to observe the craft and noted a wide ring of seven or more lights could be seen. Each of them had a large, clearly defined sphere, like a bright red cherry, he states, and interspersed with turquoise and white light. 
No sound could be heard. Mr. Y resumed driving, and the object continued to fly parallel to him, eventually flying around 300 yards behind his car while rotating slowly. After stopping his car again, Mr. Y got out and started to signal at the craft with a flashlight. Why? Why does everybody do this? That's a terrible, terrible idea. Every, every abduction encounter seems like starts like this. Yeah, some smart guy playing with his flashlight. Yeah. And then he gets abducted. It is stated that he doesn't specify why he decided to start signaling the UFO or what his end goal was if the UFO decided to signal back. The aircraft continued to follow him, and when he reached his destination, his friend also witnessed the object playing hide-and-seek between the treetops. Upon leaving his friend's house, the aircraft was gone. Following the incident, Mr. Y would occasionally see single balls of red light in the sky, which would hang stationary or follow him along as if it was checking his movements. Two years later, on the 1st of March, 1972, between 9 and 10 p.m., Mr. Y was sitting at the cliffside at Compton Bay, having been driven there by an unexpected tidal surge, seemingly caused in part by at least some form of droning underwater craft. From his location on the cliffside, Mr. Y spotted two yellow lights approximately 40 feet, 40 feet away, peering up at me like the eyes of some horrible sea monster not far below the water surface. After observing the phenomenon, the tide eventually went back out, freeing Mr. Y, who was able to get back into his car and drive home. When Mr. Y's daughter Faye had her own strange encounter a year later with Sam, the Sandown Clown, he sympathized with his daughter's distress and considered how it could be related to his own experience he had. He also had his doubt that his daughter was lying, telling Bufora, quote, I get the impression that Faye was somehow taking into a bubble of alien reality can created by this strange persona. He told them that he had just made the hut. Also, Faye told me while they were talking to this, quote, quote, ghost, two workmen nearby were repairing a post. They paid no attention to the weird charade that was going on, as almost as if they couldn't see any of it. Mr. Y visited the location of Sam's homestead. The creature's metal hut was nowhere to be found, likely confirming Mr. Y's own suspicion that his daughter was taken into a, quote, bubble of alien reality was there any connection between sam uh sam and the ufo sightings made by mr y he seems to suggest that there are so it's interesting that he's really sold on that yeah which i mean if you if you had a series of of weird incidents say like but it's um, also 1970 yeah. How relevant were UFOs back then in his location? Okay, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the fact that he's, and then he has that theory. Like, I feel like that's a pretty specific theory. Almost like he's got more more information. Like, it's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, he's he's had more to deal with these UFOs than because he's letting out there. Would that be would that be your even today with all everything we've ever talked about, everything we've looked into, read, researched? Would that be your conclusion that she was taken into a sphere of alien reality? That is pretty fucking out there. Awfully specific. That's kind of what I'm thinking, man. Not to say the dude wasn't on one. He might have been. I don't know. But it just, like you were saying, like I feel like dude might have a little bit more information than what he's letting on. I mean, he was even, he was even compelled enough to go look. For this yeah. thing and the house and the whole night. Yeah, because he could like his experience. His experience was enough to to get him to go investigate. Like, granted, he would have investigated anyway. If like if some man took my daughter into a metal hut, I'm going to hell. Yeah, out. yeah, for sure. But the fact that it it reignited all of this this other stuff that he dealt with the years before in virtually the same area, linking those two together, it's I don't know, man. It's weird. The uh, the website I got this from does a nice little like breakdown of all the theories. So I'll go ahead and share those with you guys. 
We can talk about them. Uh, first off, Sam was an alien. Since Sam's story appeared in a UFO journal, this is the most straightforward way of classifying Sam. This also seems to be what Mr. Y was implying by tying Faye's interaction with Sam to his own UFO sightings. So as we just talked about, we came kind of to the same conclusion. It was probably, yeah. probably linked together. Um, the next theory is that Sam was a ghost, as Faye and Peter were convinced that Sam was some sort of wandering specter. When the children asked Sam if he was a ghost, Sam seemed to consider the possibility with his cryptic response, well, not really, but I am in an odd sort of way. So what, like, what do you even make of that? I don't know. Like, like maybe some like kind realistically, of interdimensional? Yeah, like, realistically, that would be... Or like the the celestial ish being, but at the same time, you're explaining it to a seven year old kid. That and bitch, you're made of wood. You are made of wood. Like <laughs> if you could have turned into anything, what if it's like you chose a related wood to like costume, the Green Man? You know, like the the weird forest entity entity. Maybe I just I just don't know that like the. The form that's taken, it's just, it's, it's got me, it's got me confused. Like, it's just not, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, there's something about it that just is just way too weird. Yeah. The next theory they throw out is, uh, Sam was a human. They state not to make the story dark, but Sam's interest in the children and inviting them into his weird swampy shack certainly sounds like a kidnapping attempt or worse. But the fact that the children didn't mention being held captive or feeling threatened makes me think that this wasn't necessarily an encounter with malicious intent. If Sam was a human, his strange appearance and mannerisms could very well have been linked to drug or alcohol abuse, mental health, or similar reasons. Children are likely able to conjure up bizarre descriptions of people that appear odd to them. So... The uh, author here is kind of taking the approach that maybe all that was described isn't what it is to be. Like maybe he right. wasn't made of wood, you know? Yeah, I mean, maybe I guess he, I guess you could argue like if he say he was a homeless man. Yeah, or or if he if he was dealing with drug addiction, like that could explain the pale white skin and the the blotchy face and. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have young kids trying to make sense of this. See, but then you, then you, then you factor in that one. You factor out the the paranormal, and then you factor in the human condition. And I mean, when somebody's off their rocker, the homeboy could have been off his rocker on drugs and decides to make himself uh, a suit of armor out of uh, pallet wood or or cardboard boxes. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the day before, maybe he wanted to be a clown and he hasn't washed his face off. Right? Like, it's uh, it. Yeah, I mean, the possibilities would be endless if you if you try to analyze it from the the human perspective. Yeah. Uh, the next theory the author throws out is that Sam was a shared hallucination, uh, also known as a folie adieu, folie adieu. Not French, but if I mispronounce that, known as shared psychosis or shared delusional disorder. Uh, we don't know anything at all about the children specifically, including their relationship to one another, their lives, or if even if they were locals to the island because they said they were on vacation. But if something traumatizing happened to occur that involved the children in an adult male that day, the character of Sam could have been created as some sort of coping mechanism as to what happened. Which is another once terrible. again, once again, you 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 factor into the human condition there, and as soon as like. I didn't like the shared hallucination by description, but I got to thinking as you're reading and I kind of, my brain beat you to the punch. I'm like, oh shit, if something really fucked up happened. Yeah, they're trying to make their brains are, are themselves. Yeah, for sure. And that's, is, that's actually really bad. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Uh, could Sam have been a prank? Of course, kids get bored. When they get bored, they make up stories to entertain themselves. Uh, all kids do it. Children have a vivid and wonderful imagination, so this could have been a prank that uh, Faye's dad took seriously because of his own prior experience. Um, where do they go here? Uh, I'd like the author says that they would like to offer this last uh, 
theory here, which might be Kyle's favorite, that Faye and Peter were visited by a man in black. This is absurd, and the author's only throwing out the idea because this story can't get any weirder than it already is, so he's just going to run with it, and we're here to see what he has to say. Men in black are often put into two categories. First, the FBI-like agents in black suits with stern expressions and a we-mean-business attitude. The second is a similarly dressed human with strange mannerisms and something off-putting about their or about their appearances. Both types have been reported to show up if a per person has witnessed or is investigating UFOs. Now, Faye and Peter specifically weren't have said to have seen a UFO, but her father had and had been dealing with them following him around for the last few years. Could Sam have been there to ask Faye questions about her father? To compare Sam to the infamous Men in Black sighting, we can look back to an um, uh, encounter of September 11, 1976, when a man in black supposedly visited Dr. Robert Hopkins, a family physician in Maine, USA. At the time of the visit, Hopkins was conducting research on a UFO incident. I think we talked about that before. In 78, he reflected on the incident and described the man in black. The character was as bald as an egg. He didn't even have eyebrows or eyelashes. It looked like, a, looked like he had smooth plastic skin like a doll, except that it was a dead white color. His lips were a brilliant ruby red, and when he spoke in an expressionless monotone scanning speech, he constructed no phrases and sentences, just a sequence of words evenly spaced. His voice was completely passive with no infliction or intonation as if you were hearing it from a machine that could talk then i could see his mouth was perfectly was a perfectly straight slit apparently he did not have what we consider lips so the lipstick was just put on his mouth as a decoy his mouth was more like a ventriloquist dummy sounds not that far off from what the kids saw that's what i was thinking i'm like it sounds very robot-y and yeah clunky and that was from old boy which I'm pretty sure this is, we've talked about this. It was the one who made the, think so. the coin dematerialize. And yeah. he said, this could be your heart or yeah. that shit. Yeah. I remember that. So, I mean, what first sounded far-fetched about them being a man in black also doesn't sound that far-fetched really. Not really. You look at other similar encounters, especially with the clothing and the, the way he looked with the painted on face and shit. It's also worth highlighting that the most, that most of the conversation between Sam and the children wasn't disclosed, including whatever was discussed during the first or during the half hour visit in his shack, other than the weird berry trick. Oh, I'm sure it got disclosed. Yeah. It just didn't get disclosed to us. That's right. Could he have been inquiring about what her father had seen? But as the author states, this is all merely speculation and we do not have the answers. Yeah, I feel like there's a. I feel like there's a lot more to this story than what is here. Yeah, in in a terrible turn of events, I almost hope that it is not the human element here. I do hope that's not the human element. Period. Yeah, like I don't want these little kids to get abducted by aliens, but I sure as hell don't want them getting abducted by a no. Because if that's a person, weirdo. yeah, if that's a person, it takes a very extraordinary type of psychopath to do something like that. When they broke it down to that shared hallucination, I was like, oh, God. Uh, like I said, my as you were reading it, my brain beats you to the punch, and I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Just don't don't be that one. I'm like you. Just, just factor out the human element. Just take it away. Yeah, so that's the uh, that's the old story of Sam the Sandown Clown. I, I love it. I've never heard that story i've never heard anything like it like robot grandma was weird this one's way fucking weirder there are illustrations of him if i can find them here you go oh that's terrifying looking it does look like a robot oh for 100 percent. a rapping robot because he has a microphone hell yeah and that was the cover of the booth the uh buffon journal from 78 I'll share I'll share some of this with you guys once the episode drops. It is weird. It almost looks like a that one's kind of cool looking. Scarecrow robot. Yeah. Dude, I don't I don't even know. I don't even know, man. That's so weird. That's where we're at. He needs to be Is he an alien? He needs to be on a shirt. Yeah. Let's I'll 
messages the artist. All right. Uh, so that's Sam the Sandown Clown. Ghost, alien, robot, man in black. Coming to you straight from the Isle of Wight, UK, I'm assuming. So when you ask, this is this is what you get. You ask me for some UK stuff. We get Sam the Sandown Clown, which uh, honestly I had never, ever heard of before. No. So thank you for making me broaden my horizons because what is going on over there? That's where I'm at. Bunch of weirdos. That's like, what. Like we we've got Bigfoot and Mothman, but they're not holding a candle to this. No, that thing is creepy as hell looking. I know, I hate it a lot. It's terrifying. And then the fact that it went after kids is even worse. Yeah. I don't know. But I thought I'd share that with you. So if anybody has any... uh, Anybody has any... Oh, that one's creepy. Look at Yeah, that that one's the worst. Any of our UK listeners, if you know any more information on the story, like I said, all of that came from two websites that pulled all their information straight from the uh, Buffon Journal. Journal. So if anybody has any any more information, definitely shoot it to us. Here's a picture of his metal shack. That's so weird. It is weird. Yeah. If any of our UK listeners... Have any information that we didn't cover, definitely send it our way because easily one of the weirdest entity encounters we've covered. Oh yeah. Is it an alien? Is it a ghost? Is it is it a cryptid of some sort? You know. It's a whole nother You know. Could be. You know. <laughs> That's what needs to be on top of the shirt. Just need to be Hollow Sky Podcast, a picture of him and just says, you know. I wouldn't even put Hollis Guy Podcast. I just put, you know. <laughs> it's probably out there already. <laughs> anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this one. Check us out on our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Till we meet again next week, stay safe, stay weird. And if some fucking weirdo in a clown suit tries to get you to get into his metal clown shack, just don't do it. Call the police or the army or the Ghostbusters. The end. <laughs>